Well, if you have your Bible or your phone or whatever, and you want to turn to Luke chapter 13, uh, Luke chapter 13, this morning we're going to be wrapping up our series called Decompress, which is reducing the pressures and stresses of life. And um, today we're going to talk about uh, finding relief from spiritual oppression. And, uh, you know, whenever oppression, spiritual oppression, really means to be burdened or heavily weighed down by spiritual things. And sometimes we experience spiritual oppression. Amen? And, uh, you know, without realizing it, we can be under an amazing amount of weight. And it it's, has nothing to do with anything in the natural. It's just a spiritual weight that's upon us. When I think about spiritual oppression, I think about King David. Remember King David, uh, he was living in a state of spiritual oppression. And, and we know it because in Psalm 32, he said, when I kept silent, uh, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me and my strength was zapped as the heat of summer. Now, David was experiencing a heaviness in life, but that wasn't, it wasn't natural in origin. It, his heaviness that he was experiencing was spiritually connected. And uh, David was experiencing spiritual oppression. When I think about oppression, I think about the little lady in Luke 13. In Luke 13, it tells us this little lady that Jesus met in the synagogue was oppressed. And the scripture says uh, in verse 10, one Sabbath day, Jesus was teaching in a Jewish meeting place. And a woman was there who had been crippled by an evil spirit for 18 years. She was completely bent over and could not straighten up. When Jesus saw the woman, he called her over and said, you are now well. He placed his hands on her and right away she stood up and sh stood up straight and praised God. Now, you know, interesting to know this little lady was living under such spiritual oppression for so long that it had her hunched over. It had her bent over. How many of you know spiritual oppression can cause you to be hunched over, whether literally or physically? It can cripple you. It can weigh you down so much that you can't even stand up straight. Amen? You know, to me, it looks something like this. You know, whenever you just got this pile on your shoulders and it's weighing on you so heavily that you can't even stand up straight. But how many of you know that's not the plan of God for us? Amen? You know, I remember in my early years of ministry, you've maybe heard me tell this story, but I found myself very discouraged, very depressed, and I was ready to quit the ministry. Every day, I thought of what I could do after I got out of the ministry. And uh, I took time off on vacation, but yet I was still under the cloud. I would read my Bible, I would pray, but I was still under the cloud. I would read books about burnout and getting refreshed. I was still under the cloud. At last resort, I decided to go on a lengthy fast. And during that fast, I encountered the Lord and I received a spiritual breakthrough. And from that moment on, I wasn't ready to quit the ministry. I was ready to go bear hunting with a sweat. Amen. And so without realizing it, I was living under spiritual oppression. And without realizing it, you may be living under spiritual oppression. And so this morning, I just want to take the time to talk about it because I believe just as Jesus delivered that little lady, I believe he wants to deliver us from all sorts of spiritual oppression. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? So let's talk about it. How do you relieve, receive relief from spiritual oppression? The first way, I believe, is experiencing God's supernatural comfort through life's trials and tribulations. 
You know, everybody, including Christians, goes through trials and tribulations, right? Jesus said in Matthew 16, 33, these things I've spoken to you that me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Jesus assures us in this world you will have tribulation. Now that's important because sometimes we get the idea that just because we're Christians, everything is going to go good. But the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Amen? And so just because we're Christians doesn't mean life is going to be a bed of roses. No, Jesus said in this world you're going to have tribulation. The world tribulation, you know, comes from the Greek word theopolis, which means pressure. And the pressure we experience from life's trials and tribulations and sorrows. And Paul warned us that trials and tribulations would be a normal part of the Christian life that would weigh down on us. In Acts chapter 14 and verse 22, he said, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Now, you know, what I found is that, you know, it's not the one trial that hunches you over, that oppresses you. It's the many trials. It's the day after day, week after week. But that, come on, am I talking to anybody in here? Come on, it just seems like you never get done with them, right? But listen, but we need to be hopeful today because the spiritual relief is available to all who are experiencing spiritual oppression, amen? Through excessive trials and tribulations. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Amen? Now the promise is God is going to comfort us in all of our tribulations. Amen? We go through many tribulations, but the good news is God comforts us in all of our tribulations. There's not one trial, there's not one tribulation that you and I will go through that there's not comfort available through the power of God. Amen? God is called the God of comfort. Amen? And He comforts us. Do you all believe that today? So somebody needs to hear this. You can experience the comfort of God regardless of what you're going through. Remember when Jesus was in the storm with his disciples and, um, you know, the, the disciples were spirit, experiencing spiritual oppression. They were in a major trial in their life. In fact, they thought they were going to lose their life. But Jesus was experiencing the comfort of the Lord. In fact, the Bible says in Luke 8, as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake and the boat was filling up with water and they were in real danger. The disciples went and they had to, they woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Now, Jesus was asleep in a storm, a life-threatening storm. Now, this is a picture. Jesus is in us. And if Jesus can sleep in a life-threatening storm, you and I can sleep in a life-threatening storm. I don't know where you are today, but somebody needs to hear this today, that you can be in a life-threatening storm and God can give you the ability to sleep right in the midst of your storm today. Amen? How? He does it through His comfort. Amen? He comforts us through the power 
of his spirit. It's supernatural. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Amen. And he comforts, listen, all of us, not just somebody, not so, not just that's that person, but all of us, all of us. The Greek for all means all. Amen. You know, it means everybody. Nobody's left out. Amen. So come on. Can you receive it today? The comfort of the Lord will release you from spiritual oppression. Amen. Now, I could stop right here and just pray because for some of you, that's what you came here today is to know that that God is the God of comfort and he can penetrate any storm that you're going through. Amen. Now, the second way we can receive relief from spiritual oppression is by surrendering to the plan and the will of God. Now, I really believe that sometimes the spiritual oppression that we experience in life is self-inflicted. We cause it ourselves. Amen. It's sometimes it's our own fault that we're experiencing this spiritual cloud, that we're under this spiritual heaviness. A good example of that is Jonah. Isn't Jonah a great example? You know, Jonah found himself tremendously oppressed in, in, in a life situation, not because of anybody else's fault, but his own choices and his own decisions. Amen. And the Bible says in Jonah one that the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittiah, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But listen what the Bible says. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break it up. So Jonah found himself in a tremendous spiritual oppressive state because of his own rebellion against the Lord. Because of his resisting the Lord. Remember? Uh, you remember uh, Balaam's donkey laid down on him because he was resisting the will of God. Amen. And listen, sometimes you and I can experience tremendous oppression and it's not the devil's fault and it's not your mother-in-law's fault either. Amen. Come on. It's your own rebellion against God. Amen. And you can't be released from the spiritual oppression until you line up with God's word. Amen. Psalm 32, 8 says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best path for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. But don't be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Now, it's quite clear that spiritual oppression and heaviness is sometimes caused by our own choices and our own decision. But listen, we can be released from spiritual oppression as soon as we decide to get right with God. You remember Jonah, it got worse before it got better. You know, not only did he end up in the storm, they threw him out of the boat, right? And he said, it's me, it's me. I'm the reason why we're in this storm, y'all. And they said, well, good, out of here. And this whale came and swallowed him up, remember? So he went from a, a storm in a boat to in the belly of a whale, amen? Had slimy seaweed all over his face. But you know what? The Bible says that as soon as Jonah decided to surrender to the plan of God, remember the whole reason why he was in the storm is because God said, I want you to go this way. And Jonah decided, I want to go this way. And you see, the Lord has a plan for our lives. And when we rebel against God, we can maybe get, we can maybe 
think we get away with it, but sooner or later, we're going to face the resistance of going against God's word. Amen. But as soon as Jonah got right with God, all of a sudden he got spit up on the beach. Amen. And come on, then he was, he, then he got in his easy chair and put an umbrella over his head and he did what God wanted him to do. But the Bible says in Jonah 2, 1, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And he said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and answered me from the depths of the grave. I called for help and you listened to my cry. Now, listen, whenever I became a Christian, I was 22 years and that was a few just a few years ago. And um, and so. Um, yeah, you know, how come you laughed? <laughs> But anyway, after I got saved, you know, I wasn't planning on changing my life. I just like, I went to this play and they, they showed you the difference between being led by the enemy, Satan, and led by God and how your, your life will, will pan out. And, uh, you know, so I decided, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm on the wrong side of the, the, the tracks here, man. I need to get under God's control because, man, obviously Satan is controlling my life. And so I went up and prayed and cried and boo-hooed and said, Lord, please forgive me. I want to serve you. But in reality, I just wanted a ticket to heaven. I didn't really want to quit living for myself. And then all of a sudden, you know, I felt this tremendous peace that morning whenever I gave my life to Christ. But then from there, I, everybody was reaching out to me, trying to get me to, you know, to come to, to come to discipleship and get in church. But I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. Then all of a sudden, I started feeling oppressed. And I'd be working in the all field and I'd be crying because I had no peace in my life. And it's like, Lord, man, what happened to the peace in my life? And then sooner or later, you know, it, it dawned on me. Well, you just need to get yourself right with God. And I decided to come to church. Amen. And that was 31 years ago. Amen. And I'm telling you, the oppression lifted as soon as I decided to surrender to the Lord. I'm talking to somebody in here today. I remember later on, after I was working in the oil field, and the Lord was dealing with me about going into the ministry. I didn't want to go to the ministry. I was scared. I was scared to go in the ministry. What if I fail? What if I can't do it? I can't preach. I can't, you know, I had a thousand reasons why I shouldn't go in the ministry. But how many of you know if God tells you to go jump in the lake, jump in the lake? Amen. And, and so I started getting depressed. I started getting oppressed. Until I decided, okay, Lord, I, I gotta get to, I gotta find out whether it is the Lord or it's not the Lord, but I'm gonna surrender to it. And as soon as I surrender to it, man, all of a sudden, the heaviness lifted. See, you could be in this room today and make, be making a decision that you don't want to surrender to God. You want to do your own thing and go your own way. But listen, you're never going to enjoy the freedom of the Spirit until you decide I'm a surrender to the will of God. Amen. The third way we can receive relief from spiritual oppression is engaging the enemy through spiritual warfare. Now, you know, sometimes the spiritual oppression that we experience is a spiritual attack on our life. There is a battle that you and I face every day. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? You know, in Luke chapter 23 or 22, 31, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Satan was seeking permission from Jesus to destroy Peter's life. But Jesus prayed for him that his faith would not fail. But this is an example. Satan not only wants to sift Peter like wheat, he wants to seek, 
He wants to sift Todd Menard like wheat. Put your name in that sentence. He wants to sift you like wheat. Amen? Satan wants to destroy all of God's children. Revelation 12 tells us that he hates God's offspring and he's on this earth trying to destroy us because he doesn't like the fact that we serve the living God, that we give our allegiance to Jesus Christ. And so he's ticked off at us. Amen. And he will try to destroy all of us. First Peter chapter five and verse eight says, stay alert. Watch out your enemy, the devil that prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Now, why does Satan attack us? Well, I believe there can be many reasons, but sometimes he's just trying to keep us from our spiritual breakthrough. And so he's attacking us, trying to get us to back down and back off because he knows you're about to get out of the wilderness and you're about to go in the promised land. Amen. And so he's going to shout and he's going to growl and he's going to roar like a lion and say, no, don't go. What? Don't keep going with God. And he's trying to oppress us and he's trying to get us to back off. He would rather we live in the wilderness than in the promised land. Amen. Sometimes the enemy attacks us because he's he's trying to keep us from being fruitful in the ministry. He's trying to keep us from being fruitful in building the kingdom of God. Listen, the Bible says that we are his hands and his feet. We are the light of the world. Amen. And so he don't want us to be free and be bold and be courageous and be strong in the Lord. He wants to try to rob us of all our spiritual strength because he don't want us to do damage to his kingdom. Amen. So sometimes that's the reason why we encounter spiritual spiritual warfare. But sometimes it's just because he's trying to keep us in the generational curse that our families have been living in forever. Amen. You know, sometimes, listen, you know, you've heard of that. They, this one had a heart attack. That one had a heart attack. Well, Jesus says it's time to end the heart attack. Amen. You know, you hear about, well, this family was depressed. That family member was depressed and the other family's depressed. But Jesus is saying enough depression. I want to break the generational stronghold. Amen. And the enemy knows that whenever you come to Christ, you're a new creation. You're a new creature in Christ. Amen. And you break the generational patterns and strongholds and curses off your life. And the enemy doesn't want you to do that so he'll fight you with everything he's got it's warfare amen but regardless of why we're experiencing spiritual oppression we need to know we must engage the enemy we must engage him through warfare if we want to experience spiritual freedom you know, I could see the enemy just like he's visiting the churches today and said, don't listen to that mumbo jumbo. I ain't doing anything. I'm over here in my corner minding my own business. And all the time he's got his finger in your business. He's trying to discourage you. He's trying to rob you. He's trying to steal from you. He's trying to kill you. And at the same time, he's saying, oh, don't pay attention to me. And he's got his hand in your pocket, taking everything that's valuable. And he's saying, don't worry about me. Don't pay attention. But somehow, somewhere, the body of Christ needs to rise up and know that, come on, we have an enemy. We have an adversary that doesn't want us to live in freedom and liberty. And we need to rise up in the power and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ and say, I'm not living in the wilderness any longer. I'm going into the promised land for the kingdom and the glory of God. Amen. 
Amen. Now there's three ways to engage the enemy. The first one is utilize the permission God has given us to engage the enemy. In Mark 16, 17, he said, these miraculous signs will accompany those that believe. They will, those who believe, they will cast out demons in my name. Jesus has given us permission to use his name. Amen. And so he says, listen, when we pray in Jesus name, God's power that resides in the person of Jesus Christ is released in us to break the power of the enemy. So listen, I can, I can engage the enemy and say, in the name of Todd Menard, I command you to back up and he laughs. But whenever I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to back up, he flees. Why? Because there is power in the name of Jesus. Amen? And the second weapon is exercising the authority he has invested in us. In Luke 10, 19, he says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You know, listen, before I was a Christian, whenever I'd hear about demons and stuff, oh man, it'd give me the, the, the free songs. I didn't want to hear about that, you know, spirits and all that stuff, you know. But listen, once you know who you are in Christ and that you're serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you don't have to be worried about demons or, you know, anything like that because you have authority over all the power of the enemy. So if Satan wants to come send his demons in my house, I'm going to tell him to leave my house in the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. And I suggest that you do the same thing. If you're in the molly grub and you're living under the cloud, rise up, man of God. Rise up, woman of God. Step into your power and your authority that Jesus died to give you and can just break the power of darkness off of your life. Come on. Come on, are y'all with me today? Come on, stand up. Come on, listen. Some of you have been laying on the mat and it's time to come. I didn't mean it literally, but... But that's good. That's good. Amen. Come on. That's great. (laughs) You say it, stand up, buddy. Yeah, amen. Amen. And then the third... (laughs) The third way to stand firm is dwell in the safety of the presence and anointing of God. Listen, this is one of the greatest Psalms. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Now, Psalm 91 is speaking of the blessing of abiding in the presence of God. How many of you know the presence of God is a refuge? When you're in the presence of God, he puts his his pinions around you like a mother hen over her chicks. He covers you. And I was thinking about this. You know, in Oklahoma, the places of tornadoes, they have these storm shelters. And in these storm shelters, whenever the, they know tornadoes are coming, they get into this refuge. They get into this shelter. And the tornado can wipe out everything above the ground, totally take destroy everything above the ground. But they're safe whenever they're in the shelter. 
I think about this, you know, in hospitals, they have chapels. And when people in their darkest time, they're going through the greatest battle, they find their way to the chapel because if they know if they can get in the chapel and get into the presence of God, they're going to experience peace that surpasses all comprehension. Listen, when we're going through oppression from the enemy, all we need to do is get into our storm shelter. All we need to do is get into the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, the Bible says, mountains melt like wax. In the presence of God, oppression, spiritual heaviness, the of trials and, and demonic attacks and tribulation are broken when you get into the presence of God. Amen? You know, we just saw a demonstration of it. Man, whenever they started worshiping today, man, there was, there was a presence here. There was an anointing in here. Amen? And we just said, hey, God's here. Why don't we just release our faith to experience breakthrough? And some of you, I know, experience a breakthrough. Why? Because you were in the presence of God and the anointing of God, the pres- the touch of God on your life releases you. Amen? Come on, are y'all receiving this today? Now, Isaiah 10, 27 says, Now it shall come to pass in the last day that his burden shall be taken away or taken off of thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Come on, how many of you know the anointing breaks the yoke? The anointing, listen, you can be bound up with all kind of chains and shackles and all this and ropes and all this stuff, but when the presence of God comes on, There's no chain strong enough to hold back the anointing of God. Amen. He'll cut every chain. He'll cut every rope, every bondage, every stronghold off your life. Amen. It's amazing what happens in the presence of God. Remember what I was telling you earlier about whenever I felt like I was under that cloud, under that depression, that discouragement, and I went on a fast. I think this is what happened. As I continued to seek the Lord and press in with God, I had a breakthrough, an encounter with the presence of God. And when God's presence moves in, oppression has to move out. When God's presence moves in, depression has to move out. When God's presence comes in, discouragement, feeling like a failure has to move out and faith enters your heart and you ready to go to war. Amen. Come on. It's the refuge. And so the fourth and final way we can receive spiritual relief is taking responsibility for our offenses towards God. And, you know, the the mental torment of guilt and condemnation can really uh, be the greatest spiritual weight that we can experience. You know, guilt is that feeling of responsibility and remorse that we feel when we have some kind of offense that we've committed. Condemnation is that degrading and condemning message that Satan uses to point his finger at us and to hold us oppressed and discouraged because of the offense that we've committed. So in other words, first he tempts us to sin, and then after we sin, then we feel guilty, and then he condemns us for being such a heathen. That's the way that he operates. And the power of guilt and condemnation can overwhelm you. I remember years ago, uh, there was a man in Florida, uh, and... Um, he would, um, he turned himself in to the authorities and he told them that he had murdered somebody. There was a cold case that they couldn't figure out who murdered this person. He went to the authorities and he turned himself in. And so the authorities said, man, what would you, what would possess you after all these years 
to come turn yourself in. You could have lived your life, the rest of your life free. Nobody would have ever known. And you know what he said? He said, listen, I could no longer live with the mental torment of guilt and condemnation that I felt. I felt like I could be freer in prison than I am out here. And so, see, listen, the guilt of your past sins can weigh you down. And then not only the guilt, but then the enemy will stand over your shoulder and tell you what a terrible person you are. And he'll help you feel worse than you've ever felt before. And this is what David was feeling, and he recognized the weight of it. In Psalm 38, one of the first scriptures we read, and he said, because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. My bones have no soundness because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. See, David realized he had become spiritually weighed down with guilt. And, and, and he knew that he had to get free from it. But the good news is that just like David, whenever we quit being quiet about our sin, we can be free from our sin. Amen. Relief from guilt and condemnation begins with the acknowledgement of sin. And that's what, that's what David did. He acknowledged his sin before God. He said, as long as I kept quiet about it, man, his hand was heavy on me. But whenever I confess my sin, man, the heaviness lifted. Amen. And then the Bible says in 1 John 1, 8, it says that if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So confessing our sins gives us release. Now, that doesn't mean going around telling everybody what you did. It means turning to God, telling God what you did. Amen. Remember, Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Jesus taught us to pray every day. Lord, forgive me for my sins. So taking responsibility for our offenses before God can release spiritual oppression off of our life. In Acts 3.19, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Amen? Come on, how many of you want refreshing from the hand of God? Amen? How many of you know there's good news today? We can be released from spiritual oppression. Amen? Now do me a favor. Let's stand together. Amen? Let's stand together. Come on, let's just take a moment right now. You might be here today and you might be living with some spiritual oppression. Sometimes we don't even know it. Because we've just learned to, you know, we've learned to live with that weight on our life. Well, let's just take a moment right now. Would you just close your eyes with me for just a moment? Maybe you've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations and, and maybe you're feeling discouraged. You're feeling weighed down. You're feeling heavy today. And the Lord is wanting to comfort you. He said, come to me if you're weary and burdened and I will give you rest. So can we just start right there? Can we just open up our heart? I believe God is wanting to tell somebody in here, listen, you don't have to live. You don't have to live depressed and discouraged. You can live with peace. I comfort people in all of their tribulation. Amen. Maybe some of you here today, maybe you've been, things are not working out for you. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe, why, man, why is it working out for me? Well, maybe you're like Jonah. You're heading in the wrong direction. And God is trying to tell you, man, listen, 
That's not where my blessing is. That's not where my grace is. That's not where my favor is. And maybe you just need to turn around today. And you need to do do like Jonah and say, Lord, forgive me. The greatest verse, one of the greatest verses in the Bible is in Jonah 3 when it says, the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And Jonah said, Lord, I'm gone where you tell me to go. Maybe you're here today. You've just been living in rebellion against God and you've been stubborn. And you've been like that horse or that mule. And you just, I don't want to go. I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to live the Christian life. And the Lord's saying, come on, just surrender to me, man. And I'm going to make your life a lot better. Amen. And then maybe some of us, we're just under spiritual attack. And it's not because we're running from God. It's not because we're going. It's just we're in a battle. The enemy don't want us to get to the next level. And we just need to rise up. Amen. Come on. We just need to take authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. In fact, let's just do that for just a moment right now. Let's just ask the Lord to just come. Father, I pray right now. Lord, I don't know what anybody and everybody's going through right now. But I know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to but you've come that we might have life and that we might have it abundantly. And Lord, I come right now in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. And I declare, Lord, I declare darkness broken. Lord, spiritual oppression broken over every family and every home. I declare generational curses destroyed right now in the name of Jesus. I declare oppression move back right now in the name of Jesus. Oppression move back in the name. I declare it. Oppression breaking over every family and every home and every person that is here today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now listen, if you're here today and you say, man, Todd, I don't know if I've ever really taken full responsibility for my offenses towards God. I know I've sinned, but I've never surrendered to Him. I've never gave my life to Him. I've never asked Him to forgive my sins. I want to pray for you today. Just lift your hands if that's you and I want to pray a special prayer over you just lift it high so I can see it this morning thank you Father God thank you Lord Jesus Lord I want to be a Christian today if your heart is starting to beat right now as the Lord saying that's you sir that's you man if that's you don't let the devil rob you just surrender right now come on don't be like Jonah and live in a storm just say that's me that's me Lord that's me listen if you raise your hand just pray this prayer and let's pray together Father in the name of Jesus Come on, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I want to be a Christian. I want to live the Christian life. Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? And would you help me to live for you? Thank you, Jesus for accepting me into your family today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to do something. I want you to either come up here and let somebody at the altar know that you did that. We have a gift for you to help you get started on this journey. We have a Bible for you if you need one. Or you can go to the lobby and go to the back table uh, or the back corner to the information center. Let them know that and they can make sure they get that to you. All right? Amen? Come on. It's good to be free from oppression, isn't it? Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you as we leave. Father, I pray the blessing and the favor of God over the people of God today. In the mighty and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. You're dismissed.